Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, Everyday Truth Podcast team. Appreciate you joining today and uh, always grateful to spend this time with you, regardless of when you listen. And I've received all kinds of reports about when and how people listen. Some of you listen on your commute, and that's a good number of you. Some listen as you're getting ready in the morning. Some you you listen here, you're watching me, and you're taking notes, and I, I appreciate that. Others listen while you exercise, And others listen as you uh, turn in in the evening. Some have said they listen late at night, which I think I probably am the soothing, sultry voice that puts you to sleep. But whatever the case is, I appreciate you listening to the podcast day by day. Excited to introduce a postcard today. This is the PCC Igor the Eagle, Pensacola Christian College. And this is from Andrew Flanders. Andrew, you and I just got a chance to meet last time I was down at Pensacola Christian College preaching. And I, uh, we took a selfie together. I really appreciate you and your faithfulness to the Lord and your willingness to uh, just participate in the podcast. Andrew says that he listens, uh, specifically in the summer when he's working a secular job helps him. And then he also uh, listens uh, every morning. Uh, on the way to on the drive to school, so that's uh, that's a blessing. So Andrew, thank you for being an encouragement to me and for uh, giving me that postcard. You handed it to me, which I love because you saved the postage. That's a good college student right there. Mark chapter ten. Uh, we are in verse number forty one. Uh, Jesus is clarifying some things uh, to his disciples. He's clarifying that. The ministry of Messiah is going to be a ministry initially of rejection, of shame, of suffering, uh, of vicarious dying, and then, of course, of, of rising again. That's the good news, but that's what makes it good news. But to remember James and John, all this talk about Messiah, all this talk, uh, they are still stuck on, well— That means he's going to be a king. That means somebody has to sit on his right hand. Somebody has to sit on his left hand. That might as well be us. And so they make this request of the Lord. Hey, could you just kind of pull some strings and let us be the left hand and the right hand? And Jesus said, you don't know, even know what you're asking for. And you need to be concentrating not on the glory of, the reward of, but be thinking through the pathway uh, the path. And that's our that's our focus or ought to be that we're not looking at the, the what what will be. There, there are times when we think about, yeah, what's heaven like and what will it be like to be with the Lord and what will we do there? Certainly there there's that curiosity, but our main focus needs to be on Lord, what what are my steps today on this journey of mine? May your word be that lamp to my feet that light to my path as I make the steps. Lord, I want in all my ways to acknowledge you, that you might direct my steps and direct my paths. 
And that's the focus. That's why we do everyday truth, because we want to know day by day how to follow follow the Lord and make those those honorable decisions in the will of God. So Jesus is, is demonstrating this to them. And as the other 10 are aware of the audacious request of James and John, they form a little bit of an opinion. And I want you to see that in verse number 41. So Mark chapter 10, verse number 41. And when the 10 heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. So think about it. These are the last few days and weeks ahead of the ultimate gift that Jesus will give, his very life for the sins of the world. And yet his own disciples are having interpersonal problems. Uh, They can't get along. There's this jealousy. There's this envy. There's this vying for, jockeying for position. And when they ought to be supportive of when they ought to be helping Jesus, when there ought to be a growing love for each other, it just seems as if things are getting worse, not better. And I wonder if that does not reflect sometimes even the the status of our churches and of our organizations, of our small groups, that we're more defined by our pettiness toward each other toward our our desire for earthly gain or reward or prestige or popularity, and that's causing interpersonal problems. Uh, Paul deals with that in Galatians chapter 5, when he talks about uh, the works of the flesh and the work of the Spirit. Remember the Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no, no, no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. Then he adds this, provoking one another, envying one another. We can know that we're in the flesh when we're just jockeying for position. When we want what other people have, that's envy and we want vain glory. That we can't serve the Lord with those attitudes. That's why Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, which is the very next verse, says, When when a man is overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, not fleshly, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. So the point here is that we need to be full of the spirit of Christ. And the spirit of Christ here in Mark chapter 10, it's one of sacrifice and Uh, others and serving others. And yet his own followers are just in this war of words with each other. And they're envying and seeking vainglory and at odds with. Jesus is about to teach them when he gets to Jerusalem, the ultimate story of servitude, the, the taking of the towel, the washing of the feet. And I have loved you, but love each other. He's even now kind of fertilizing that teaching, isn't he? Look at verse number 42. But Jesus called them to him. So after this 
envy develops and this kind of this contention develops and they're much displeased with James and John. I can picture James and John after having heard the response of the Lord. Well, I can't tell you who's going to be on the right hand or left. I can see them walking by themselves in this disciple group. I can see the 10 over there kind of looking and, uh, and, and talking about and, and angry with. And watch what Jesus does to settle the score, to settle the, this situation. Settle the score is probably the, a bad way to say it. Verse number 42, So Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye, ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. So what's it like in the world, he said? Well, in the world, you know, people that have authority are the people that tell other people what to do, and they, they exercise authority and control and lordship over people. But is that the kingdom way? Is that the Christ way? Is that what I've taught you guys? Look at verse number 42. Their great ones exercise authority upon them. So to be great in the world's eyes is to have control. To be great in the world world's eyes is to be able to tell a bunch of people what to do and have that measure of authority. Well, watch verse number 43. But, so here's the contrast. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you, because that's really what the issue is here. James and John, we want to be great. And the other 10 being displeased were like, who do they think they are wanting to be great? We deserve that. So honestly, they're all suffering from the same problem, aren't they? They're all suffering from this selfishness and we want and we deserve and we're going to jockey for position. When Jesus says, but it shall not be among you, whosoever will be great among you, shall be your minister, the servant, the one that is going to look to meet the needs of the other. Then the Bible says, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. So if you really want to be number one, if you really want to have the glory, if you really are aspiring as James and John just asked, and as you, by your contention, are betraying that you as well want, then the way up is the way down. And in my economy, in my world, in my kingdom, that sir, the servant is the greatest of all. And Jesus was not just giving them teaching that he expected of them. No, he was going to ultimately model this to them. Because the greatest act of service in all of history was when the servant, Jesus Christ, the suffering servant, gave his life a ransom for everybody. So Jesus is not just giving lip service here. This is not just a fancy sermon that he's preaching. No, this is a sermon that he will live until its final exclamation point conclusion. Verse number 45, for even the Son of Man. So again, remember, the Son of Man is a messianic title. If he just said the, the, the term Son of Man, 
to those disciples, they would picture the one that's going to crush the kingdoms of the world. That's what the Daniel 7 verses 13 through and 14, that's what the Son of Man did. That's that's who they're looking for. They're looking for that messianic king that will crush all opposition. Well, the Bible says, for the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto. I didn't come to this world to be served. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. If, if Jesus came, if the Word, right, the Son of God, if he came to this world to be served, he made the wrong choice because he left a place where he was served. He left a place where the angels served at his beck and call, where he sat upon the throne, where he as the creator was worshiped for all of his rightful deity. So if if he left heaven to come to earth to be served, that was a big step down. No, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. I love that passage in Philippians chapter 2, where he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, glory is coming. God has highly exalted him, given him a name that's above all names. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Uh, he shall sit upon that throne, but he came to serve. And that's the point of verse number 20, 45, rather. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. I mean, to give his life. The greatest act of service is when one gives everything he has. I'm not giving you what I have, I'm giving you who I am. I'm giving myself. He gave his life a ransom. In your place, he gave himself. I love that verse there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, where the Bible says, for he, that's God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's what Jesus is driving at here. So when Jesus rebukes them here, when he clarifies what greatness is here, uh, he illustrates all of it in one way, and that is through his own example. And that really is what it always comes down to, doesn't it? It always comes down to Jesus if you want to find the secret to Christian living, it is Jesus. Jesus is the empowerment for Christian living. I live by the faith of the Son of God who, who loved me and gave himself for me. He's the empowerment. He's the example. We follow his footsteps. He doesn't ask us to do what he did not do himself. So he's our empowerment. Uh, he is our example. Uh, he is the one that embodied all that he expects of us. I mean, Jesus, Jesus is the very theme of scripture and the very example to, to whom we look over and over again. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We're going to quit right there in verse number 45, but what powerful verses these are. We're going to finish with one really heartwarming story at the end of Mark chapter 10. Hope you'll join us for that. Until then, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. 
If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.